All right, Sam, you know, it's, it's no, um, it's no surprise if anyone listens to the cast that politically I lean right, you lean left. We might be apolitical, you know, somewhere in the center and our eyes are always to heaven, but that's where like we generally lead. Okay. And if you don't know that by listening to our talks, then, Hey, we've done a pretty good job. Just staying, uh, staying heavenly. Um, but here's the thing, we, we, we rarely get into some of those political debates because we keep it theological mainly, not that theology doesn't affect politics, it, it very much does. Um, and we kind of teach through the worldview more than anything else. But, you know, Sam, I've, I've been wondering, um, how do you think the government's doing of late? I, uh, I think about this all the time. I, I don't think... I think the last few years have like really diminished my faith in government, um, which I shouldn't probably have had that much to begin with. I just, I do think some ideas politically are better than others. And I think some policies are better than others, but I really like, it's really just shaken my faith in politicians. I think the last few years, Mm -hmm. Um, I'll use an example this week of, that's a very like it's a very maybe caricature ish example and it's not necessarily local to us but there's this united states senator her name is kirsten cinema and she entered politics as like this radical leftist like like i'm not talking just like so like socially leftist like economically leftist which is where i would lean like i i'm honestly i'm in the grand scheme of things i'm probably a social conservative um other than a few issues like i do think weed should be legal but um of course you do sam i I (laughs) (laughs) generally it has legitimate medicinal uses um but i do think like I do think I'm probably a social conservative, so it's, it's when I say when I say I lean left, I don't hear what I'm not saying about like mm-hmm. the things that mm-hmm. the Christian faith would would hold to. But economically, I'm definitely very left wing. That that is true. Um, it's because you don't like history. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I'll say oh, about that is is pure capitalism as we've known it. There's not a, honestly a ton of historical precedents for it, so we'll see. What, we'll see how history treats capitalism. Anyway, I'm no What I was gonna say about this senator, Kirsten Cinema, she entered as this like hard, hard leftist, and on the economic side, and like a, about a month ago, she made this like really dramatic gesture. They were voting on fifteen dollar minimum wage, right? Which like honestly, fifteen dollars as a minimum wage like i don't even know if that cuts it anymore but well whatever it's in it's in the states i don't know how what that buys you in in the states really but uh she like went up to to vote and she did this like really dramatic thumbs down gesture on the 15 dollar minimum wage which is like something like leftist politicians have been pushing for years now and so she's actually so she's basically sold out her values because she gets paid by like lobbyists that don't want $15 minimum wage. Like I get it. Like, you know, businesses will have to pay their employees more if, if this goes through. Okay. So, so there's a, there's a lot of corporate Mm -hmm. interests that Mm -hmm. don't want that obviously. And 
you know, it's it's a complicated issue. I won't say I won't say it's not. I also think like employers should not be paying people less than they can live on. That is a stance that I will hold to. Um, and so, anyways, it just showed me that like people will do anything to serve their own interests, no matter what their convictions were when they started. Um, unless they have, unless they're serving a higher power. So, cause I'm trying to put myself in her shoes, right? Like if I, she's not a Christian by any stretch of the word at all, like not even close. And I don't think she really has any kind of religious belief. And so if you, if you're a secular politician and you, you know, you have priorities in life and they're all earthly. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge problem for actually doing right by other people. Because I, I just imagine her life. She's probably quite well off. Honestly, most politicians are like at least upper middle class. And, mm -hmm. and politi political careers are unfortunately quite lucrative, especially when you take into account lobbyists. And so like I just, I just see them as being like very self-serving. I think there's so much of like a conflict of interest in politics right now. And I don't think that very many politicians are truly trying to serve people and why would they because like it's just it's become just a career for them and um i don't know like i think about like how christians like if i was a christian politician and i was truly honoring jesus in my work like it would have mm -hmm. to be to serve people but but like i i just don't think that that even has to enter into the equation for someone who lives a purely materialist and i don't mean materialistic in the sense of like you love stuff i mean the materialistic in the sense that you believe that this life is all there is well if you believe mm -hmm. that like you're going to maximize it for yourself and so i just i just don't i have no faith in politicians anymore cuz i just don't think i think as we secularize so much the conflict of interest that's already there in politics is just going to get worse and worse and then I now like I think about, you know, in Canada here, for example, mm -hmm. like I said, most of our politicians are upper middle class and they're primarily serving upper middle class or upper class interests at the moment. And I, I know I sound very Marxist right now with my like class warfare. The Catholic Church would not like type. It, well, not like that. Well, no, but also the Catholic Church would uh, would stress preferential option for the poor. Even mm -hmm. even more Absolutely. conservative Catholics probably would, mm -hmm. right? So, yep. um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not trying to say all rich people are bad. I am trying to say I don't think you can rely on the government to serve your interests right now if you are not upper middle class because I don't think they see you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would not necessarily... Um, I wouldn't disagree. I think... Yeah, like I, this is where where you know Christians should never really fit into a political place, right? We should be somewhat political, amorphous, and we're we have different values across different things. But I think you're right, right? Like the 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 the, the funny thing about politics is, it's once you gain power, it's really difficult to give it up, mm -hmm. right? especially when things are dangled in front of you, like you said, with money and, and opportunity and, and next things. And it's hard, it seems it's hard to find many people who will stand on long-term principle, um, in, even in the face of like, like losing their position, right? 
will kind of go with the tide. Principled people are rare, even in general. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. Like it's just it's it's a rare thing. So even more so in, in politics, where maybe a principle won't won't win you a seat. It's difficult because if you're in it to regain power, which again, part of you, if you do actually believe what, what you believe in is the best thing for society, then you will want to retain that power to continue to, you know, foster that. But I think, I think what I struggle with, honestly, is I, is, is, is looking at our current state of, of democracy and not being, like you said, disappointed in it. Right, because in, in some senses, I think we just live in a reborn aristocracy that we vote on. Yeah, because like the Joe Blow from down the street, who's got great character and would probably make a great leader, because he's not making enough money, not politically connected enough, not whatever, he's not going to ever even chance to to lead anything. Mm-hmm. And like all the people who lead us, right, who we vote in to be these representatives of our people, yes, obviously have been well connected like even think of our current prime minister justin trudeau right mm-hmm. um like he lived a probably pretty pretty good life a pretty good life went to the best schools had the opportunity even our premier too right and the thing is it, it, it yeah it's, it's not a bad thing it's not a, it's not a discredit them at all in fact because like they didn't choose their family so i'm not going to blame them for it i'm not going to hold them against it that they happen to have money but the problem is if the only people that are available to us to truly make a difference in the in the in the country are those that are um, educated by a certain class of school, right? Given to a certain class of of wealth, and come from a certain class of family. Then we're actually not democratic, really, right? We mm-hmm. are aristocratic, and we just vote which aristocrat we want to lead us for this next four years. Which I actually think is democracy not truly tried. One of the things that like. Chesterton said, G.K. Chesterton, is that really we should be wanting to put the person in leadership who doesn't want it. Yeah. But that's not how politics works, right? It's it's not. And I think the the issue of our, you know, of our, of our of our political day is 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 the reality. Like it's it, it it's bigger than it's bigger than not even being grounded in in principle. It's bigger. It's it's the point that we are so secularized that we can't even agree on definitions of words. Mm-hmm. Right, like, yeah. what does flourishing mean mm-hmm. now? What does freedom mean now? Right, and so you you can have a debate with someone politically that you use the same words, you hear it in the in the in the candidates' debates and whatever, but we but they don't actually mean the same thing. Like, we've lost this common bond of truth. Like, even within the Christian history, right? Like, there's been different opinions on how we go about politics and and everything. Right, obviously, like it's not like Christianity is one monolithic political movement in fact whenever it becomes that it usually dies it usually becomes something less than christian mm-hmm. but there's been a common culture right of truth of of an ideal of gk chesterson said something where you know we need the the father god and then he said we need the mother church because the mother church helps define what the ideal is for the future of society and and like that that that, that idea of of needing the ideals of this ecclesiological body right to help form culture to say here's what we think utopia should look like right that's not devoid of the heavenly heavenly dimension because obviously we will never get there right which is what the marxist and the socialist issue is right we cannot create utopia by just destroying the oppressor and then Mm -hmm. oppressing the oppressor like that the whole system is just inherently 
Well, and I I think what we've seen from history, to your point, though, about socialism, too, is that, like, the abuses were perpetrated by the ones in power. Like, the ones in power then did become oppressors, like, in in communist Russia and in China. Like, like they were brutal regimes that that do get compared Mm -hmm. to the worst dictatorships in history. So, like... Like, it's just, it just further reinforces what I'm saying, too, about, like, secularized people, like, don't hold power well. Well, it's, yeah, it's because God, because God needs to be, there. How, how do I say this well? It's because there has to be something in the place of God, right? And so, when, when, you, when, when you take an atheist, secularist, you know, socialist regime, right, and you become the authority on who's in, who's out, who's good, what's, and, you, and there's no one that you're holding yourself accountable to for ultimate justice and ultimate truth, and yes, right, it all becomes completely identity-driven. You're part of this group, well, you're out now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and we see that happening today, right, with the with the far-left identity politics. Even far-right goes in the same kind of identity politics, it's just more nationalistic, right? And it's this easy group groupism, right? That's just like, you're part of this. And so you're oppressor or whatever you're, you're bad. You're that. Right. And, and I think the issue is that, you know, humans, like the thing that I think people forget for some reason is that, right. Everything we do as human beings is somewhat of an experiment. I I think we don't think about this deep enough, right? Is this like all the systems that we have in place because we live in them, and especially as like we're, we're hundreds, hundreds of years into it. It's all we've ever known. Right. Yeah. And so we just kind of assume that the infrastructure and the systems just are, is what life is. Right. Yes. But that's not true. Right. Yep. And, and this modern experiment of what we would call Western democracy, right. Will eventually fail. Will it not? It has to. Like, like I think, I think every every culture has risen and died, right? And 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 even even like the the Athenian, you know, ancient Greek, you know, um, democracy that we kind of base it on, right, was actually kind of like what we're living in now, a little bit in the sense that it was only a certain amount of citizens had had a vote, right? That only only mattered. Certain education levels actually only mattered. And and although, you know, obviously every Canadian gets to vote, we only get to vote, as I said, for certain kinds of people, right? Yeah. Ultimately. And and so it's just like eventually this system's probably gonna fail, right? I hope it doesn't, because obviously democracy is better than dictatorship. Um but it, but what's interesting is that I actually think human beings um, are ultimately made for monarchy, which is an interesting thing to think about because, um, and I don't mean human monarchy. Obviously I'm talking about Jesus, right? That we were made to live under, un, under a King. And that's why I think we, we, we have this weird, um, relationship to, 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 to like idolizing Kings and Queens and whatever. There's some, like mm-hmm. some human memory in us that are harkens back all the way to the garden more than anything else because obviously human kings and queens have been atrocious and it's not to say that somehow they're better but um the, the crazy thing i find about modern democracy is that because it's majority rule it also means if the majority has gone crazy crazy is the rule <laughs> that's so right? true and, like like look how many people and, bought nickelback cds back in the day this is the thing i always right? use, i always go back to like people would always tell me this band is really good because everyone likes them well, like, no, they're they're trash. Like, people like... Everyone liking something doesn't make it good. 
um, because there's an objective standard that's that exists outside of uh, about side of yeah the majority rule like you said an obje- objective standard of truth we are not just like we're not the our morality and our like what is right and wrong cannot just be what everyone happens to think at the moment the aggregate of that because like humans have in aggregate on average believed all kinds of different things throughout history and that's always changing it's always this fluid thing and like you can't be grounded in that and and the majority of it has been wrong mm-hmm. like have you thought about that i heard one person say that he's like most of human beliefs that we've held have been wrong are wrong <laughs> currently there's the, mm-hmm. like most of our beliefs are wrong about stuff right and being able to have the humility to re- recognize that and then find what is basic foundational principle right for us as christians obviously it's it's the revelation of jesus it's it's the creation of of the world by god it's certain foundational things that form us but at least but the thing about that is it gives us a a storied worldview that helps us interpret the world right that within that i can get things wrong i can be wrong politically i can be wrong economically i can be wrong about a lot of stuff right but the fact that we don't often think about the fact that most of what we believe is probably wrong in some way and that until we're humble enough to be wrong and learn, we'll never actually get to the next phase of learning or curiosity or growth. Like it's just, it's a very humbling thing to, to think about that, right? And, but how do, how do you avoid that? How do you avoid that? One option is to make everything relative and then no one's right or wrong. That's a very safe place to be, in fact, right? Because it allows me to, it allows me to control the world that I create, we, 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 in effect begin to play God, right. At, at, at that point that I can, I can literally create reality as I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I'm, I touched a little bit on this actually on Sunday, um, during, during the sermon, uh, which I know Sam, you haven't listened to technically yet. Cause this is recording on Thursday night, but, um, and the idea is like the more that we don't deal with reality, we make everything relative. It's way easier for us to rewrite history, right? Yeah present we write the past we write the future in, in our own image and i think then you begin creating just you know just <laughs> crazy Fantasy. events and right it just it, yeah it becomes it becomes ridiculous and that's why i think the church is 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 a beacon of hope in this way because it gives us it, it gives us a a non-culturally conditioned ideal to strive for that needs to be then worked out in the world. And that's where I think our political actions matter because our political actions begin to take into the city, right? Um, the values of the kingdom. And it's difficult because like, like, like you said, it's more about a, it, it's kind of a, an argument on, 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 on policy and structure at that point. And every Christian should have the desire to care for the poor, every single one, right? And, and if you don't, mm-hmm. You need to go read your Bible. I'm just going to put it out there, right? But, you know... That's so good. Like, attacking... Or no, I shouldn't say attacking. Attaching Christian ethic to, you know, constitutions and things. Maybe, like, maybe there's some there's places that, that, we can, that we can talk about, right? Some, some things that we can question, right? But, but the fundamental definition of human flourishing, which I would argue comes along the lines of, right... Physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental freedom, 
right? The freedom to say no to the self and the freedom to say yes to what is good, right? I think it becomes a standard. And, but here's here's my contention. And this is where I think, you know, politically we, we need to wrestle with and because it, it's more of a theological issue. Um, and this is one of the things I say, you know, in the sermon that hopefully I, I, I do a better job maybe even right now explaining or if I didn't make it clear on that Sunday is really at the end of the day, until human beings, until human beings are free spiritually emotionally mentally we can't really be free physically i think we actually produce physical and external and national freedom as a result of our internal freedom coming from jesus and i think that's actually a good telling of history that when the the gospel takes root in human hearts genuine freedom genuine help genuine love begins to flourish in the society and when christianity flips that and we take on certain amounts of power and we begin to like that's when it gets corrupted in in some way it's meant to be this subversive power that that does justice in 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 the world and and the problem is no one party will ever get that will ever Mm -hmm. get that so then you know right now i think you're right like i think i've been so I'm not even like again. I'm not even. I'm not even disillusioned with politicians, as I am, the state of our democracy, the state of state of our system, because I don't think there's a better system that human beings can create than what we have, um, in theory. But I don't see it working in the way that's producing optimal freedom and optimal flourishing, and this side of heaven. Here's the problem. I don't know if we'll if we'll ever get there. Because yeah. where you you and I right right as as someone who might lean you know left you said you'll you'll be more sensitive or, or more sympathetic as a better word maybe to you know higher government intervention higher regulation a little more you know um, socialist economics I'll lean right a little more conservative a little more smaller government whatever um, but the problem is right. We, we have to do our, our best. And this is what's tough. And this is what why the political system we have doesn't really necessitate this, I think, right? Is we actually have to do better at being conjunctive politically. Because at the end of the day, if we lean so far left, right? Or we lean so far right, we end up literally in the same prison, right? We, but it's just under a different name, right? One is 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 communism one is corporatism and few people control <laughs> everything and and, mm-hmm. and dictate life and, and it's actually this it's the same issue and that's why like we have to at least just recognize it that that like you like you mentioned like capitalism in and of itself is not the beyond end all of, of systems because implicit in it is um a great potential for greed and misuse of power as is communism because it's a human system, right? Run by, you know, non, like, non-redeemed people, right? And I don't mean, again, I, I, like, it seems almost, but like, at the end of the day, if, like, I heard a pastor say this, and this is what, this was about America, but he's like, you know, st- studies will say that like 40 to 70% of Americans say they're Christians, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, if that were true, would, would America not look a little different, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like honestly, like you, you wouldn't fear as much, you know, you wouldn't put locks on your doors. If 70% of people are never going to steal from you because they believe in Jesus, 
you would do society differently, right? And right. so, so although we don't can't claim nearly that number in Canada, right? Imagine if the gospel took root in 10, 20, 30, 40% of a city, it probably would just naturally look very different. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think the best political thing still is, obviously we still need to politically move for what is just and what is good, but it's still, it's still to be the best evangelist ever, right? I do actually believe that in, in that the church becomes a, a beacon of redemption um, and hope and justice because of the gospel, right? And 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 so like I don't know I I'm I I again I lean right for some of some issues around ideology and freedom and 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 things like that, but I don't think I don't think you 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 can be faithfully political and not prefer like I said have preferential treatment for the poor and the marginalized like I think how, like I just don't get that right and so. And again, the part of the problem is people have all these policies and all these systems and all these things that they think, well, they're help. Or, and we can wrestle. And that's the thing. We can wrestle about that. We're allowed to wrestle about that. We can think, what was the best way to build a society in which this happens? And, you know, and even have different opinions on the fact that, like, you know, that it's probably not, it's probably somewhere in the middle. <laughs> it's probably somewhere in the messy middle of having to be able to, to, to figure these things out. Like years ago, before we were, uh, before we were a, um, um, a, a intellectual and knowledge based economy, really, right. Where we were more industrial and practical and whatever. And like, there's this idea of, of the distributionism, uh, where, you know, you want to give dignity to every family, Right, and so every family should have a home, a homestead to to, to own where they make their 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 money, own where they make their food from, or whatever. This idea of, of trying to give that in, and that that doesn't really work in, in an intellectual society where everything's based on what your mind is, right? And like you make money off a computer, not after a farmer. Because G.K. Chesterton talked about give every give every family a house and a cow, right? And you can see flourishing begin to happen. Meaning, right? Like they can make money off the land, they can produce food, they can take care of each other, whatever. And there's this idea, even in, in the Catholic Church, right, of of letting the, the lesser always take care of itself in a way that like the greater doesn't need to, the greater body, the greater whatever. And, and I just think like it's part of the thing we need to wrestle with is like how do we better dignify um, humans? and give and give them that that opportunity like for me and this is something that i've been wrestling with is i think that i i if i if i were to say some of my you know political say values we'll call them as a pastor in 21st century canada we're in 21st century sometimes i don't even remember what century we're in it feels like time <laughs> is, is just like gone to me sometimes i'm like i'm i'm an idiot i don't even know when, when i'm living but um is is really it comes down to me in a lot of ways like probably five five things i think will will will, will produce strong society and i could be wrong that's what i'm saying that's what i started with we have wrong ideas but for me it's like small business family unit sanctity of life freedom of belief and caring for the poor if we, if we can kind of get those things to be strong, right? A government that actually wants to see local small businesses thrive and flourish, right? Have preferential treatment for them. Mm-hmm. Wants to see the, the, the family unit, right? 
um, actually be strong and actually you mm-hmm. know have good families and good marriages and and good finances. If you want to see the sanctity of life from womb to tomb, full life, like everything actually cared for, right? Having the freedom of of, of non-coerced belief, non-ideological laws, <laughs> right? And then caring for the poor. Like I think that's a government I want to get behind. That doesn't exist today. And that's my problem. That's yeah. And that's my problem. Right? What are your thoughts yeah. on that, Sam? No, I I I can I can generally get behind those uh I think those those pillars that you want to strive for. Um, I mean, the small government, I mean, honestly, it'd be great if we, if we could have small government. I, uh, honestly, I, I'm not, I'm not out here. Like we need big government. That's not like a thing I love. It's just kind of like, I have seen what happens without it. And I don't like that. Um, at least not in the year 2020, um, 2021. Gosh, again, I don't know what year it is either. Um, that that said, I will say I'm like I'm definitely losing a lot of faith in even just the political ideas I've held for a long time too. Because I, it's I don't know if I'm losing faith in the ideas. I'm losing faith in them ever coming to pass. Maybe, and mm-hmm. and I'm trying to like not hold as tightly even to just like the way life is right now, because I think for a lot of us it can become an idol. Like look mm-hmm. at, I'll talk about the biggest idol of our generation owning a house that is like mm. by far the biggest idol that 20 somethings and, and even 30 somethings have right now uh because it's you know especially in canada like our the market's ridiculous uh the government is pouring hot gasoline on a fire um you know this is actually even another thing where like the government is like, like it's so offensive when they say our housing market is doing well. Well, like who's it doing well for right now? Anyway, I won't rant about that too much, but it's a huge idol for us right now. And like, mm-hmm. I think so many of us young people are like, we're, this is a dream we've been sold since birth that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get a good job and you're gonna buy a house and you'll be set for life. It's like, well, that dream nope. feels like it's slipping between through my fingers quite quickly. And uh, I need to just, I don't know. We're on very shaky, unstable ground in general right now. Mm-hmm. That is one That is one idol, I suppose, that is kind of crumbling beneath a lot of our feet, I think. Sure. And yeah. um, I think more are, gonna, more are gonna crumble with it because, but a lot of us have put our faith in the stability that we grew up with and like the stability of life and like, I don't know. I am, I'm not, I sound so pessimistic and cynical right now, mm-hmm. but that's just how I feel. And I also, but I also think I need to be like liberated from that reliance on that stability and, and liberated yeah. from the need for these things. And I don't think many, many of us are, I'm certainly not liberated from that, but like we, that's, we do need to get there as Christians, this side of heaven. Yeah. Well, yeah and I think what you're pulling out, right. Is there is a difference between a heart condition and a societal flourishing system, right? Because I think it would be good for people to have stability to create longevity, but, mm-hmm. but does a stable, uh, a perceived stability mean I cannot have a healthy heart? Like obviously not. <laughs> like Jesus, where he said like the son of man has no place to lay his head. 
He was literally homeless for those three years wandering around with his guys, going from house to house to house, right? And and like we do idolize, but the thing is, I think the church has 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 bought it, and we have bought it because how many times have I gone to prayer meetings and had these things where it's like we need a miracle house? It's like do do you need like do you need that? Like, mm-hmm. and if God provides, amazing. We're, we're so happy for you. But like, why are we praying more about that? You getting this miracle house you can't even afford or whatever, right? When there's other priorities maybe that need to be sold to us. And I think when Jesus talks about life abundant, we're going to get here in John chapter 10 in a few um, probably months at this rate um, in, in our <laughs> church, right? Like that's not health, wealth, and big homes, right? That That's like, if I have Jesus, he is the life. He is the source of my flourishing. And he, he, it's so subversive to modern pictures of what life is meant to be. It's like, no, you can strip everything and you still have life abundant. Do we realize that? Well, it doesn't feel like that. I understand that. But our theology dictates our reality, right? And and for us, it's it's like, you know, and, I, and, and, and for me, like I'm 30, right? And I have a family of three. Most of you know them. And we're renting. And sometimes it sucks. <laughs> like it just, you wish you had somewhere to call your own and, and learning like how much do you want to invest in this rental unit? Because like we needed to fit more of our family better, but it's not our property and we could always, and, and you're, you're in that. And so I, like, I understand that. And, and, and I have come to terms with the fact that as a church plant at this point, like in the near future, like we're not going to get a home. And I have to be okay with that. Like, I, like you said, you have to just wrestle with that because I think, like you said, the trajectory of life that we've been told is the good life probably, probably is one of the major reasons why people don't feel God. Hmm. Okay, I st- can I just throw that one out there? That our idol hmm. of comfort probably is the greatest distraction from actually knowing the presence of God. And, and, and so there's gotta be something in us that maybe this last year has stripped some things. And I, again, I'm not saying like God's making the housing market go crazy. Obviously that's, there's a lot of sin and greed and opportunity and whatever that goes into that. But could there be a purification happening of the human heart for a lot of us who claim to follow Jesus? But maybe, maybe our are more about how do I say this right? I don't. I don't want to be so offensive, but like maybe, maybe we wear the jersey of the kingdom, but we have the heart of modernity, mm-hmm. of secularism, right? And it's like. We don't really live subversive. Our life is is our life is is in in and part of it's hard because we are we are two thousand years removed from the birth of the Christian movement and the Western theology that's shaped so much of Western society. And so, like we are we are we are in the wake 
of, of this movement. So some of the things like our Christian, like education and healthcare and universities, like these are Christian things that, that are good and we should keep them and want them and, you know, property rights. And our people argue from the Bible a lot about private property and the, and the dignity of all these things. And, and we could see that happening, right? So it's, it's not like these things are evil. It's just recognize that maybe we have decided that having an easy, comfortable, check off the boxes, this step, this step, this step is is the way life is supposed to go. And Jesus is saying, hey, what if I called you to different? Like, like what if it's not about that? Because there's something in the future, because there's something different. And and I don't know, I'm, I'm wrestling with that because I like, you know, I don't like not owning a home. I don't like, like, I look at this market. I'm like, this is absolute, like, I will, like at this rate, Emma and I have kind of talked, we're like, like we, we will never, like it's just not, it's just not going to happen. And so our money has to go in different places and our investments have to look different. And we're trying to think through that, but it's like, I, I either can be upset about it or I can be like, here's the, here's the world that I live in <laughs> and, and I need to, to let Jesus be the king of even that world. And yeah, I, I think, I think that, I don't know, I just, yeah, I just think that comfort and, and ease and expectation distracts us a lot from our mm-hmm. dependency on Jesus. And and again, like I don't, the heart condition and the societal flourishing in this case can be different. So I'm not like, I'm not trying to villainize anything. It's just maybe a question for us to ask.